Okay, everyone, welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 136. This is Adam Piggott coming to you from the Netherlands. It's been a pretty stormy Sunday here, and now it's all the storm has passed. The sky is clear, the birds are singing, the sun is kind of shining as it goes down. It's all very nice. I've had a lovely, lovely, relaxing Sunday Sunday lunch, and then uh, spent the afternoon just um, sitting on my favorite chair on the couch single armchair just listening to albums on the old turntable there the bang and olufsen one after another reading a book sipping a whiskey just nice and cooking while i was doing that a long four-hour italian sausage casserole just getting to its final legs now smells wafting through the house Lovely stuff. It's been a big, uh, busy old week for yours, truly. That's why I didn't put in many articles up this week. And it's going to be a busy week next week as well. Um, so you'll just have to, you just have to take what you can get at this point. Um, I uh, flew to Aberdeen on Monday, my first visit to that Scottish city. Um, and there were things I really liked about it. Uh, it was for work, a quick trip, in on Monday, out on Wednesday. Uh, I caught the tail end of a storm, they're naming them now, I think it was called Dennis or something like that, and I couldn't get a direct flight in from Amsterdam to Aberdeen, so I had to go via Birmingham, and touching down in Birmingham was a little bit sideways. Yeah, it was a little bit... Uh, uh, I normally, you know, don't really care, but this one, I, I noticed. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. Anyway, flew into Aberdeen on uh, Monday, uh, late Monday afternoon. Had a uh, hotel there in the centre. Uh, the Caledonian, I think it was. Old building. Uh, a little bit run down, but still has a little bit of its faded charm. Let's call it faded charm there in the centre. I think Union Street uh, was the corner close to where it was. Um, and the thing you notice about Aberdeen is that the majority of the buildings are all cut from uh, granite. They're all grey. Um, but I had beautiful weather when I was there, so it was all sparkling and shimmering in the sun. It looks very nice. I liked it. Uh, the same couldn't really be sent, uh, said about the locals themselves, though. In general, there are pretty downtrodden, trodden, depressed, sour-looking bunch. Um, as far as the women go, they're either uh, threes or tens. <laughs> There's not much in between. Um, for the locals, that is. There's obviously imports there. Um, fair few of what I identified as uh, Russian or Eastern European girls, women of the night, uh, walking Union Street. Um, no, I did not partake of any of their services. Um, but um, I uh, I had a nice time in the sense, I was, I was just there for a couple of days for work, like I said. Uh, Tuesday was the work day, and then because of connection difficulties, I flew out on the Wednesday. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I think... Um, the two interesting things from there's three interesting things for me for Aberdeen on this trip. Um, 
the first was on my final morning while I was waiting for my cab. I needed to get a cab at about a taxi at about nine o'clock or something like that to go to the airport to get my flight. Um, I'm of course I'm an early riser at the best of times, but even more so during the week. So I was pretty well done with breakfast by seven thirty. So I had an hour or so to kill. So I decided to take a walk, and from the hotel you could look at the back of these uh, really impressive churches. Um, uh, kind of downhill across this park that they're working on. Got barriers up around it, stuff like that. Um, so I walked down the Union Street and then I hung a left. Uh, and of course, you know, this is 7.30 on a Wednesday morning, so everyone's rushing around going to work. Uh, I'm just walking along. There's probably about one or two degrees Celsius centigrade, uh, but very clear and no wind. It was very nice. Cold, though. Um... Anyway, I, I spotted like the back of three really impressive churches. One, one in particular I really wanted to check out. Uh, the architecture, very neo-Gothic uh, Victorian architecture all around the place. For most of the part. And then, of course, you'll have a, a modernistic 20th century monstrosity parked in the middle of it. And that's because uh, Aberdeen got the shit bombed out of it in World War Two. So it left all these gaping holes and they just filled it up with crap, which is a real shame. Shame on you Germans for bombing, bombing Aberdeen. Shame on you, mind you. Shame on the Allies for bombing the fuck out of Dresden and all those other places, but anyway. Um, shame on the lot of you getting taken in by that Stalin character. The real baddie of World War II. The real baddie. Um... So I walked down, hung a left, and so I'm walking down the street now and I'm going to get the front side of all the churches, the entrances. Three churches I wanted to check out and all three were no longer churches but rather drinking establishments, pubs or even nightclubs. Um, and it was really depressing to see. Really depressing to see. Uh, not just from a religious point well from a religious point of view i suppose and then a, a spiritual point of view and then i started to realize how many churches weren't churches anymore um and then i started looking at the people on the street and everyone suddenly whereas before everyone had just appeared sad and gloomy now with this extra information in mind they appeared truly lost um, and even in some cases diabolical um, and I found it quite depressing. Uh, I don't think Aberdeen would be a town that I could live in. It seems to be a godless town, a very godless town. Now, I know that we live in a godless world at the moment, but this was even more godless than normal, and it really shows on the faces of the, of the people that live there in general. Of course, I'm sure there are undoubtedly exceptions to this, but yeah, it was uh, in that sense it was a little bit depressing, a little bit depressing, a little bit eye-opening in a sense of to your own spiritual awareness. Mm. And then um, I uh, another two incidents, and that was. Both dinners that I had, the Monday night and the Tuesday night, 
So I asked, uh, what I normally do is I, you know, I asked, the, you know, someone at the hotel and there was a girl there and, and she was nice, uh, a local, and she sent me down, down Union, Union Street and then it went up a hill and there was, uh, let me, let me just get a map up. Let me, let, let's do this properly. So I've got, I've got the names right. Because otherwise, you know, it's not really Aberdeen. Let's have a look. There we go. Here's a map. Let's zoom in. Ding, ding, ding. Da, da, da. Okay. So, yeah, Union Street's the main street, and uh, my hotel was on Union, Union Terrace there. The McCure Aberdeen Caledonian was where I stayed. So, I went uh, down Union Street, and it goes up a hill, and then it goes around a corner. Uh, turns into King Street, and there's a, a pub on the corner called the Archibald Simpson. And I, I wanted somewhere to eat, somewhere that is comfortable to eat by yourself. Um, and I'm, I consider myself to be to be somewhat of an expert diner. Um, I, I've I've been to hundreds of restaurants in my time. I worked in the hospitality game. For many years, both as a young man and then when I owned a, a, a discotheque in Italy and ran that, um, uh, restaurants have always been my thing. Since uh, the ex-wife and I divorced, um, I haven't really gone out very much. I, I kind of save it for trips like this. So when I'm on a trip like this, I'll, I'll you know make a point trying to find somewhere good. Now, normally I'll do my research before I go, but for various reasons this time I... I neglected to do it, so I went up to this Archibald Simpson walk-in. Look, it was—it's a, a nice enough pub in the sense, like a city pub. Uh, it was a Monday night, and there were plenty of people there having a beer, um, but it really wasn't the place. It was too light. It was too brightly lit up. Um, there were television screens and that sort of thing, and it, it just—I I realized immediately this wasn't going to be. What I was after, but walking up the hill, I'd noticed a um, uh, a cool-looking steakhouse. If you zoom in, you can see Miller and Carter, uh, Aberdeen. Um, so I went there, walked up. Concierge is there, or maitre d', whatever you call them these days, and asked for a table for one somewhere, somewhere nice for one. And he he immediately understood. He immediately understood. Part me in this great little table facing a window, a little bit private off the side, but I could still see what was going on. So you don't feel self-conscious eating by yourself. It was just the perfect spot. Um, the waiter was brilliant, lovely guy, probably mid-30s, really good at his craft. Being a good waiter, as someone who in, in his late teens and early 20s was a waiter, Being a good waiter is, well, there's not many out there expert waiting staff. It's not about just bringing food to the table. It's about hospitality. And, and hospitality is the art of being hospitable so that the, the guest, the, the customer, feels more comfortable than if they were in their own living room at home, that they can relax that way. You're, ex you're there exactly when they need you, um, and you and you understand 
what the what the customer wants in terms of conversation back and forth do they want to be left alone all that sort of thing um, and you also try to gauge exactly where the customer's level of expertise is as regards to how they dine and then you fit as a wait a waiter you fit your expertise to that level so the customer never feels uncomfortable and there's a real skill and a real art in doing that uh, and I used to be really good at it when I uh, worked in restaurants um, and ran restaurants um, and this guy was exceptionally good and uh, and we both recognized in each other right away um, in that sense just the way that I ordered and that sort of thing um, Anyway, it's a steakhouse. I ordered a steak, a ribeye, um, and got it done in a certain way. They offered sauces on the side, beef dripping. Oh, damn fine sauce. And of course, the sauces were on the side. I said to this guy, I'll have the beef dripping on the side. And he said to me, all of our sauces are served on the side. And I was like, okay. That was like the final clue that I was in a good place. I was in a good place here. I was being looked after. Steak was superb, absolutely superb. Everything to go with it was superb. Ended up having a Scotch whiskey, um, which I loved so much that uh, when I was flying out on Wednesday at the airport, there was a really great selection of Scotch whiskies to purchase. And I went back onto the Miller and Carter Steakhouse website, downloaded their menu so I could find the whiskey again. And I did, and I bought a litre of it, and uh, it's been hit fairly hard this weekend, or since I got back, let me tell you, fantastic stuff. I just got the 12 year, there was the 15 and the 18, but I had the 12 year in the restaurant, and that was brilliant, so I thought, eh, let's not, let's not go overboard here. Um, and it was just a really lovely, comfortable, um, satisfying dining experience. Um, perfect in every way there was a great crowd there i could check everyone out um lovely so the next day i had the work appointment that i needed and, and, and then i at the end of the day it was a long day end of the day i asked asked the guys for some uh recommendations to go out that night for dinner now i was mostly in my mind to go back to the Miller and Carter Steakhouse. But I thought, well, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Maybe, maybe there's something, well, there's definitely got to be something around here. Maybe these guys know, know about it. Uh, and they gave me a few options, but the one that they all really loved was a, a local Scottish seafood restaurant called Howie's. Um, and I walked past it. I made a detour to walk past it uh, on the because it was between where I was working and the hotel. Looked in, it looked all right. Um, so I thought, all right, I'll give this a shot. So I went back there around seven o'clock. It was a Tuesday night. Gee, it was busy. It was really busy. Um, so Aberdeen really hums in that way. Um, I was down in Dunkirk last year and let me tell you monday and tuesday night in dunkirk there's nothing going on down there at all um walked into howie's 
and walked up. There was no one there to meet me, but a young waitress. Uh, and as soon as she walked up to me, it was not the same hospitable experience. And by the way, I, I dress really well. I, I look good. I look the part, which is which goes to why I got served so well in, in the first restaurant. But here I got uh, a young female waitress attitude. And I said, oh, a table for one. Have you booked? No. But, you know, Tuesday night. Uh, and she turned and she walked off without a word. So I went to follow her and she just turned around and said, wait here, in a big command. She hadn't given any directions before. And at that point I was like, ah, oh, maybe this isn't going to go so well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, always trust your instincts. But I, I hung in there because it had had such a good recommendation from the people that I'd been working with that day. She came back and she went, okay, yeah, got a table for you. And took me to this table. It was literally sitting in the middle of the room where everyone was walking past. A picture, a long bar. And then directly in front of the bar is this table. And then the other tables are around this table. So, And then the lights were shining directly on this table. So I was basically in a spotlight. That was the point where I should have absolutely trusted my instincts and said, you know what? I think I'm fine. I think I'll find somewhere else. I should have just walked. Because that was my, that was, I, I was absolutely the feeling this ain't going to be good. And yeah, I should have trusted my instincts and walked and but walked, but oh, I was like, ah. That's the worst part about having a really great hospitality experience on your first night in a new town. My general rule is if I have a really good hospitality experience, I go back. Uh, and I don't try other places because if you have a really good hospitality experience, a dining experience, and then you don't have one, then it really, the, the second one is really shit. Whereas if your first one was average and your second one was average, well, it's just like it's averaged out, isn't it? At that point, I really should have walked out and I really wish that I had and I really wish that I could tell you that I did, but I didn't. I sat down and I didn't have a dedicated server. I had someone breeze up. Can I help you? Like, and I'd literally just been given the menu. I said, I'm just looking. Okay, 30 seconds later, someone else, no idea who they are. Can I, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. So no pattern to it, no control, no management going on. Uh, the food was all right. The food was okay. Uh, pretty good, but nothing on what I had. And by the end of it, I just wanted to finish and get out of there. And I was kind of fuming, fuming more at myself than anything than at the incompetent and rude wait staff who were all in their early 20s and obviously full of themselves working in the hip place. It was really bad. It was quite appalling, actually. Um, and just amateurs is what they were, just amateurs. And I think I had the manager at the end I paid with him and I couldn't even be bothered saying anything. He was probably about 27, clueless. Um, and uh, there's no point in saying anything at, at that at that point. It's just, what are you going to say? Why are you going to bother? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because 
you're just going to make the night the night even worse than possible. So I had a, a fantastic hospitality dining experience on the one night, and then I had a really, really, really average one on the second night. And then because they were contrasted or juxtapositioned with each other, then the second one was particularly bad in that sense. Um, so my recommendation if you go to Aberdeen is to definitely avoid Howie's and definitely hit up uh, that... Um, uh, Steakhouse, the Miller and Carter, Aberdeen. Really good steakhouse. Really, really, really good. Um, had some interesting, uh, had an interesting taxi driver on the way back to the airport on the on the Wednesday from Romania. I'd say mid fifties. Uh, been in Aberdeen, I think he said about half a dozen years. Um, apparently there's a guy, guy came into, he was from, uh, is Bucharest, capital of, uh, yeah, Bucharest, capital of Romania, because Budapest is Hungary and Bucharest is Romania. And hiring guys to go and work in uh, the UK as taxi drivers, of course, that's all going to stop with Brexit. Um, and it was a really interesting conversation. He was a good guy and we, and we, you know, I like to, if, I like to draw him out. I like to see what they're doing because I know I know how much guts it takes to up and do that. And he left his family behind, so he's still paying for his family. Like he sees his wife once every eight weeks or something like that. Um, but he's a self-employed taxi driver now uh, in Aberdeen, um, and he's got a you know he's got his plan. He wants to save his money and then go back and buy a really nice new Beamer or Jaguar in. Um, uh, Bucharest and have a uh, kind of like an elite limousine taxi service and we were talking about that but he was talking about the low 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 wages in uh, in uh, Romania and how multinational companies come in and just screw the workers over uh, it was interesting because at the start he spoke about how Brexit was terrible and who did who did the English think who did the the British think we're going to do all the jobs if the if all the foreigners weren't there, and I said to him in a really calm way, like we were, we were having, we had a good, we shook hands at the end, really friendly. He's like, "Oh, I go to Romania, blah, blah blah." So this was, I was just, you know, playing devil's advocate in a in a really laid back and kind of curious manner um, to draw him out. And I and I mentioned when he said that, I mentioned, well, you know, I mean, who who did those jobs before all the foreigners turned up? Um, and you know he didn't really yeah, that kind of you know oh, you could see you could see maybe a few wheels turning there, and then then he got onto Romania and how the low the wages are, but then it turned out that uh, Romania has imported a heap of Asian foreign workers, uh, which have driven down the wages, so it was a really interesting contrast in that sense. And I the the second point I didn't. I didn't make for him. I didn't want to insult him in that sense um, of the of the fact that what he was complaining about about his own home country, he was actually doing himself in a sense in the host country in which he was in. Um, but he was a good guy, and uh, we spoke a lot about Romania. And I haven't been to Eastern Europe. That's one of the few places in Europe I haven't been to. 
So uh, my very good friend uh, Milo and I are planning a motorbike holiday this summer. And we were thinking about Norway, but it would just take three days just to get there on the motorbikes. That we're now, I gave him a call this week after I got back from Aberdeen and I said, how about Eastern Europe? How about Romania, Moldova, Hungary, these kind of places there? Why don't we do a summer two-week motorbike tour around there? So I think we're going to do that. That could be, because uh, he was like, oh, let's just do the Alps, you know, we'll start in Monaco, because he lives in Monaco, we'll go through Switzerland. I was just like, dude... I lived in the Alps. The Alps are the Alps. I don't want to do a motorbike tour of the Alps. Lived up there for years. Why don't I do up the Alps? I don't know. It just sounds boring. I mean, it'd be it'd be, it'd be fine, but it wouldn't be anything eh, anything new. Whereas Eastern Europe, um, eh, that's that's a little bit different. Um, so I mean, you look at it. You got Bulgaria. You got Romania. You got Moldova. You got Hungary. You could come in from Italy, because he also lives up there, uh, go through Slovenia. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that we could do. Uh, Bucharest, Budapest, Belgrade. They all start with B for some reason. I don't know. There's a lot we could do there. A lot we could do. So, uh, and of course the girls are hot. So that's always a... Uh, that's always a, a big draw card in that sense. Um, not that we'd be doing anything in that regard. Of course not. Um, and he said that, they were, that the, the hospitality, I said, you know, what's it like in you know, Bucharest? What's the, what's the hospitality like? And he, was, he couldn't rate it highly enough. And I, and I said to him, do you, do you, miss, do you miss home? You know, you're living up here in Aberdeen, in the north of Scotland. Everyone, was, everyone was that I met up there was, you know, thanking me for bringing Australian weather because apparently it was the first two days of blue skies they'd had for eons. Um, I said to him, "Do you do you do you miss do you miss your home?" And he definitely missed his home, and he was definitely making sacrifices to, you know, better his family, and I I I respect that. I do. Um, But it all has to be done, of course, within the context of the locals in the country in which you're trying to better yourself. Are you, are you adding value to the country that you're in as, a, as, a, as an import or are you deducting value? And that's, that's key, I think, in these sort of, um, in these sort of questions. That's really, really key. And I feel that myself. I mean, I've lived all around the world. Um, here I am now in the Netherlands. Um, but I definitely, with my job that I'm doing, I, I definitely add value to the Netherlands uh, in that sense. Um, I'm, my, my Dutch is coming along now. Yeah. Before, I'd have to say, Ik heb geen idee met de Netherlands. Maar nu? Ik praat de Netherlands slecht. Slech. slech. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, I think another year or so I should be pretty close to where I want to be with the language. Maybe a year and a half. Um, but I've definitely got the pronunciation down now, and that was the really hard part for me because you don't you don't say it like you read it. 
and uh, I like learning a language that I can read it off the page and and it, it, it says the same way. Um, anyway, um, but that was my Aberdeen trip this week. Uh, it was fun, um, like I said. Uh, I like Scotland. I like Scotland a lot. Of course, the last time I was in Scotland was when I got married in Edinburgh. Um, so this was the second time I've been in Scotland. Um, so second time lucky in that regard. Um, beautiful Highland area that we flew over there, and they had they had they had a, they had a, a semi decent covering of snow over it as well. Um, and gee, it's wild up there. I mean, you're, you're flying over on the on the on the on the, on the flight out on Wednesday. It, it turned a cloud pretty quick, and I couldn't see anything. But in the way in on the on Monday afternoon, it was um, it was pretty sweet to have a look at it all. And the highlands there just look amazing. I would really like to do some exploring up there as well. I think that uh, I wouldn't do a motorbike tour of the Scottish Highlands. I think that's just asking for trouble. Uh, Weather-wise, I'm not a fan of riding my bike in the rain. I've I've had some pretty dismal, horrible rain days on motorbikes in the past. Um, but uh, geez, uh, some hunting trips or something like that up in the Scottish Highlands, that would be pretty sweet. Get an old, you know, little old uh, cabin. Do the old cabin cabin porn thing with a little cabin with the wood fire and the porch and the whiskey and all the rest of it very 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 nice indeed definitely worth going to um the other place that i haven't been to that i'd like to go to is ireland um and it looks like they've kicked out their homo um prime minister which is fantastic because he was an absolute disaster so good on you ireland good on you we'll see who gets in there um, everything's going pretty interesting in that regard uh, around the world with nationalism on the on the rise. Um, that's all I got. I was going to break down this article that I found this week um, about female confidence gurus, feminist stuff, but uh, yeah, I'll look at that in some article in the future. Uh, I just wanted to keep this one nice and short and sweet. I just wanted to bash this out before dinner. And you guys have been saying that you like the short times anyway, so that's good. Um, all right, shout-outs, Captain Capitalism. Um, he's, he Apparently he or someone else has a new book out that it's Cappies about millennials. I can't, I still don't, I can't work it out. I still don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's Cappies nom de plume or it really is he just farmed it off to someone else. I've, I, I got no idea what's going on. I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, but you can check out his new book. Uh, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com check out all these other books as well Arsehole Consulting um, though I think he's taking a little bit of a break from that at the moment not sure about that, let's check that out um, has he got what are his videos up looking like here let's have a look Cappy uh, YouTube bang have a look at what Cappy's got here at the moment. Uh, oh no, he's got videos up for the last two days. One, two, three, four from two days ago, five days ago. Okay. Um, are feminists just old women jealous of hot young women? Yes. Uh, yes, Cappy, they are. Um, check out Aaron. He's a he he he. Uh, 
supports this uh, podcast. So, of course, you've got to check him out. If you like uh, my podcast, you, you can subscribe. Uh, you can also subscribe to my blog. I had my blog up above 450 uh, subscribers. I think about 456, 457, but it's dropped back to 449. Uh, and it's just been hovering around almost 450 for ages, and it got above. I normally take on a bunch of subscribers, and I'll lose about half of them, and then, you know, and it kind of gives that, it's that three steps forward, one step back sort of thing. So it's dropped back to 449. Can someone hit it, one of you listeners who's not subscribed to my blog and just get it back to 450 again? That'd be great. Um, check out my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill and Run Guts, Pull Cones. Um, hope you guys have a great week. i got a really busy week, uh, though i got a few articles lined up, so uh, hopefully I can get that bash those out during the week. Um, I know that the Hot Chicks and Links has not really been a Friday edition for the last couple of weeks, but I have moved mountains to get it out when I did. Um, so I hope you all appreciate that. Um, take care of yourselves, listeners. Uh, stay cool, and I'll talk to you next week. Ciao.